Welcome, one and all, to Power Bombs and Pile Drivers, a wrestling appreciation podcast. I am your host, Chris Cook, and finally, not going to do the rocks bit, we have our frequent guest host <laughs> on episode five, Stereo Mike himself. He is not a figment of my imagination, listener. Mike exists, and he's here. Mike. I am live. I am live and in color. I am here. <laughs> the, the frequent co-host of the show, finally making his debut. <laughs> well, it's it's just been a case of, like, we haven't been able to narrow down a time. And, and listener, to give an idea of that, uh, we were originally going to record this episode, I think, well, originally, like, three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> On yeah, a different podcast. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that got postponed and then we were going to do it again on that other podcast. And then that got postponed. Um, and then as I, as I've given Mike a lot of credit, Mike, you, you helped a lot with the brainstorming stages of this, of yeah. this podcast. You were there during all the spitballing and you, you shared the frustrations with me. Like how the hell are there so many names already taken? <laughs> because there are 5 billion wrestling podcasts already. Exactly. We're adding and, on uh, to the pile. <laughs> we're adding on to the pile. And listener, if you're looking for a radio podcast, or sorry, radio podcast, a right. wrestling podcast where men aren't talking, where there are no plugs about erection medication, blue <laughs> chew, <laughs> or anything, you're, you're on the right surprise, one. <laughs> so to speak. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, you're in for a big surprise, so to speak. All right, Mike, if you're bringing the Blue Chew sponsorship, all right, I'm down. But there, that's a small space in the wrestling podcast. Yeah. Uh, no, so actually, in a way, this episode and this idea for this episode was the genesis of Power Bombs and Pile Drivers, just because, like, you and I have both uh, at points suffered with anxiety and depression and something yeah. that always was a spirit lifter for us and we could always talk about it at the drop of a dime and be released to giggling fits is the topic of our today's episode stone cold steve austin the rattlesnake <laughs> stunning steve <laughs> the billion dollar guy i forget this which i seriously seriously want to make it a t-shirt uh, that's the bottom line, because Fang McFrost yeah. said so. <laughs> yeah. Chili McFreeze. And, uh, it's large. One half of the Hollywood Blondes. Uh, he was awesome no matter where he was, though. Like, at any point in his career, he was uh, he was fantastic. And at some point, I do want to do, like, a proper career retrospective episode with Stone Cold. Yeah. But I feel like that has... A lot more research and time to do it. Oh yeah, to do it justice. I mean, A and E did a biography. You can just you can just play that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? Even though, uh, like, I'll, I'll give them credit. They've started loosely getting better with it. Because um, WWE, for the longest time, even with their non WCW documentaries. They do stuff where it's like it's the WWE version of this. They yeah. really rewrite their history. But the last Stone Cold DVD, I think it was the bottom line one, like was yeah. pretty even handed and didn't shy away from stuff just to make WWE look awesome. 
so that one I'd recommend as well. And that looks at his at his WCW work, which was also really, really good. Uh, cool. I don't know if I have one. <laughs> I have one of them. I don't know. I don't know which one it is. I think it's just matches. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway. yeah, there was. I think it was called the Bottom Line. It had a really, really long title, but it was it was pretty dope. And yeah, it's hard to know where to begin with Stone Cold, just because I think he he is like the biggest icon in the wrestling industry. Like he did outsell Hulk Hogan, uh, yeah. like the heights during the Attitude Era. There were so many things, but it can all it can be tied to Steve. The biggest numbers were from him. Well, Austin, like he saved the company. Like WCW, WCW was coming in. That was a lot of CWs. <laughs> WCW was coming in, and like Ted Turner was throwing his money around, just buying everyone out, buying you know, saying WWF, WWF is paying you, um, I don't know, a hundred thousand a week, where um, I could pay you a million. <laughs> he was just throwing his money around. So like. <laughs> Taking Vince the Vince McMahon big. approach from yeah. the 80s. <laughs> yeah, well, um, exactly. But, yeah, so Vince was, like, bleeding money, and Austin drew everyone in and, like, made the company, like, it wasn't single-handedly Austin that ran the company, but he was, I, he's the reason I started watching. <laughs> well, like, that's the th- at the time, and it's interesting when you listen to other other people's podcasts, but even stuff like, like, I know you're not as big on Bischoff's podcast as I am. Um, cause I really enjoy 83 weeks, but he will give, uh, stone cold all the credit in the world, even while dispelling like the WWE, like put downs of WCW, which he even went along with in some of their documentaries where I'm like, no, I'm there. I'm being paid to shill what they're saying. Yeah. Like it'd be unprofessional of me to not to go into right. business. Uh, but he's like, no, Steve was a huge factor. Like, yeah. I wish I knew how big he could have been. Oh, of. yeah. But, uh, yeah. like, yeah, it was also WCW's downturn was going on with AOL merging. Like, that was a huge factor where suddenly they're like, hey, that stuff that you were doing in 96 and 97 that was getting you huge amount of ratings. Yeah. Nah, you can't do that anymore. You gotta well, stop swearing. You gotta yeah, <laughs> the board comes in and says, "Well, this is is costing us too much money, costing the corporation too much money. So you're gonna have to you have to cut that out." <laughs> yeah, and at some point, I'm gonna do a, a WCW episode, an NWO episode, uh, just because there's still a lot of common stuff circa WWE yeah. narratives for a while that really downplays WCW, and especially in like '98. Where it's yeah. almost like, oh, no, it was a fluke that they were winning. And it's like, nah, dude, were you watching your own show for yeah. most of that time? It was terrible. Uh, were you watching their show? It was good. Yeah. Um, and then you started getting better when you started doing Attitude. <laughs> yeah. And narrowing it down. And then Stone Cold comes along and that racket get, uh, rocket gets strapped. There's no oh, denying yeah. it. <laughs> like you oh, can yeah. deny him. <laughs> it, it, what a time to be alive. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. <laughs> like, like I was I was I was I guess live 
uh, tw- not tweeting, but live messaging you when I was watching episodes of Raw a few weeks ago. Yeah. And like, this is like pay per view level content on a weekly TV <laughs> show, on a Monday night TV show. <laughs> like, this is amazing. And it's it's interesting just because so much of what people love about Stone Cold, mm-hmm. I don't know if we would have gotten without the the horrifying like neck accident with uh with Owen, yeah. um, because that morphed how Austin was as a character, and yeah. that morphed how Austin was as a wrestler, like. If you watch stunning Steve Austin matches, yeah. uh, you could see, like, dude was, like, really technically gifted. Like, mm-hmm. it, he really had to change how he fought. Like, I don't think he took a suplex ever again outside of Kurt Angle and maybe Benoit after, after the neck break. But that's where he started doing the more character stuff because he's like, no, I'm not going to miss. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to miss my shot. Yeah. So suddenly he's dropping stunners on JR. But, yeah, he became a brawler and all this, right? He didn't become a, a wrestler anymore. <laughs> and I, do, I don't know if he would have, like, if if that didn't happen, I don't know if we would have gotten stuff like, sure, we had Steve Austin invading Brian Pillman's home, but when we think of Steve Austin driving the Zamboni or, yeah. of course, beating up McMahon in a, yeah. in a hospital, I'm not sure that would have happened. And that's where wrestling was in a way at its most fun, where it was stone cold outside of the ring. Well, yeah, there's so many like factors that or like unfortunate incidents that were transformed into positive things. Yeah. Like he was in WCW and he was unceremoniously fired. And that and Paul Heyman came in and said, hey, just come on our show and rant about it. And that became like the angry Texan character. Yeah. Right. And then he goes into WWF and um, he has the neck break and then he has to adapt, like we were just saying. And it, it, even g- going past that, when he finally he goes in for surgery and he was different after that and he kept evolving and making the, the best of a, a bad situation. Absolutely. And then at some point, we're going to narrow this conversation down to some of our favorite moments just because it reduces us to giggling fests. And it, yeah. it's Austin, I think, can represent the utmost joy and silliness of wrestling. Oh. Like earlier today, I watched the, the, the where I got the title for, for this episode, Price Check on the Jackass. I watched yeah. that segment where it was eight minutes of someone beating up Booker T across yeah. the supermarket. Yeah. It's so silly. But I had a smile on my face. Oh, it's hilarious. The entire time. <laughs> yeah. Because of just how ridiculous but fun they're having. And you're like, yeah. I'm in. I I somehow believe this is going on. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things. Like, you stop and think, if this was a real situation, like, where are the cops? Shouldn't the cops have been there like 10 minutes ago? <laughs> right? Like, and Booker's selling getting hit by coffee beans. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, of course, some hilarious ad-libs, like when they get into the back, where Austin's like, oh, you want crackers? Oh, I hope you enjoy these. These are hard to come by. <laughs> like, have you stitches? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, just off the... He looks at the crackers as he's walking, and I guess it's a 
brand that's not readily available. And I'm just like, this is hard to come by. This fits Steve, just like, oh, these are hard to come by. <laughs> Rare crackers. <laughs> but it's funny, like, when I was saying how he made the best of a bad situation, like, even that feud was born of a bad situation where the invasion started when there was like the first night that happened everyone all the wcw and ecw guys ran in uh booker came in and he threw austin on uh, i think it was the spanish announce table and austin slid off and he hurt himself yeah that was at uh that was at that year's king of the ring yeah um so uh, i think austin was oh i know austin was legitimately upset that booker came in and hurt him on like the first night so it became a feud yep so and like it's so it's interesting we can we can almost look at at it like there i I, i've never really asked you what did you think of the whole stone cold as a heel oh i always hated stone cold i always hated austin as a heel it never worked for me i always wanted to be on his side and if he was a heel like i never felt like he did it right like he didn't he didn't make me hate him i just didn't like him as a heel like, I don't know how to best or better describe that difference. Like, when like he, Rock, you could hate The Rock, right? When he was a heel. You could hate oh, The Rock. And, and heel, he rock, heel Rock was a wonder to behold. Like, Hollywood Rock is amazing to watch. He's yeah. just so much fun. And you're like, I want to cheer you because of how good you are. But yeah. you're also making me boo you. <laughs> We're like, yeah, we're he was great, but then Austin, like, whenever he turned heel, it wasn't ever, it was never for very long because it didn't work. Like, nobody liked it, <laughs> right? Like, he he started as a heel after the ringmaster, like yeah. when he first was becoming Stone Cold, he was a heel. But then we love, like, he was doing the things where it's like we were loving him, and then the problem was. I I somewhat enjoy heel Austin just because it was more so of the backstage stuff because then you got Austin doing silly duets with Kurt Angle. Yeah, I'm just hilarious. Saying, yeah. Or having a hug off for McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> or as annoying as the eventually became the birth of the what chance. Yeah. <laughs> where like that kind of thing, but where they didn't do enough to make him heal where it was like, Hey, you're going to side with McMahon, but we're going to, you're going to expect us to boo you. But then they had him beat up Molly Holly with a chair, something that's despicable. But Austin <laughs> was so over that people yeah. just were like, yeah, we're not going to cheer this, but we also don't want to boo you. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I forget what I was going to say, but I just, yeah, I never liked Austin as a heel because, well, even even you know as a face, his character was kind of a heel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So to go even to be the bad guy, it's it was, it's kind of like a weird formulation they had to do, and it never never worked for me. Honestly, yeah, I, I it really worked for the fans because they like you were just saying they wanted to cheer for him. Yeah. Like he was still getting, he'd still get pops, but yeah. if he did get booze, it wasn't like heel, heel, heel heat booze. Yeah. It was just like, 
We this don't sucks. Like this. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. want to cheer you. Boo. Yeah. I want to like you. Stop doing things that make you look bad. Yeah. yeah. Like people want to boo Triple H. People want to, when yeah. he's a heel, people want to boo. Jericho is a great example of it where yeah. I think in a way he almost had to do something like Jericho did where I'm yeah. just not sure Stone Cold as Stone Cold lends himself as a heel because uh, yeah. there's so much of those mannerisms in him as a face and we love him for it. It's like when Eddie Guerrero was a face and he was still lying, cheating and stealing, yeah. everybody's like, yeah! yeah, but when he became a heel, he's like, no, I'm going to do worse stuff. And hey, Ray, I fathered your son. Because <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> then we're going to have a custody of Damien match. <laughs> which at some point I'm going to, we're going to, I want to do an episode and I might do a follow up one with you where it's like craziest wrestling stipulations. Yeah. That's on the list along with Judy Bagwell on a pole. Um, <laughs> which yeah. I so badly on an unrelated tangent want Rob Roulette to come back. And have both of those be gimmick match options. <laughs> Doesn't matter that Dominic's a 21-year-old man now. Yeah. It's like custody of Dominic. <laughs> just, just, just put him in a cage above the... Uh, <laughs> hang him on a rope above the ladder. Is it a belt? Yeah. But like what you were saying with, um, with Jericho, like being a heel and how he worked. Like he's another example. Like he, he could get under people's skin. Like as a heel, you need to... Uh, get to people. You need to get to the audience. You need to make them hate you, right? Where Austin, nobody could hate him. Like <laughs> you could never hate him, right? Well, and then Jericho, especially like in his his best, I'd argue his best heel run was yeah. when he um, like became uh, the best in the world version, like in two thousand eight, where he cut his hair, dropped the trunks, dropped everything, like Y two J and started being super serious and cerebral everything in his promos because it's like, Hey, I'm going to strip every single thing you like about me mm -hmm. and I'm going to, I'm going to toss it away and I'm still going to wrestle in similar ways, but I'm not going to do certain spots. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like that. It took a lot because everybody wanted to cheer, cheer Jericho, even around the end of his original run in WWE when he was a heel, he was getting cheer reactions. Now, partially against because it's John Cena, but also because yeah. people were people were loving Jericho. Yeah. Like Rock, Rock was getting cheers as a who, but uh, as a heel. But everybody also loved the character so much that he mm. that he was playing that they're like, "Now nah, we're gonna boo along with this because we want you to keep being this yeah. version of the Rock. Yeah. Like, you're so annoying, but awesomely so." Like keep yeah. it going. This is great. Yeah, it was. And, it was entertaining. He was, he was a heel, but he put on a great show doing it. And Austin, there wasn't it. Like it was just like, hey, we're gonna have you be a little more ruthless. Yeah. But that wasn't enough of a tweak because hmm. you're like, you were ruthless as a baby. Was already you ruthless. It. You shoved a catheter up McMahon's rectum. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> You made a man pee himself on live TV. You you yeah. had a guy step in a bear trap and collapse the ceiling. 
<laughs> oh, what a great episode. Oh, man. I had forgotten about that. What a Austin great episode. Hunting DX was oh, amazing. That was, they should have won an Emmy for that one. <laughs> that was an amazing episode. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so side, complete departure from what we're talking about. Um, the Raptors had their um, season opener the other night. And um, there's fireworks going off and all this. And um, one of the uh, players, Precious Achua, um, when one of the explosions went off, he jumped. There was footage of him jumping, right? So some, somebody uh, cut together a clip yesterday of him jumping and then Kane coming in. <laughs> <laughs> it's fire in the real clip, right? It's, it's a big red explosion. So he jumps, and then they cut to Kane. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So oh. Anyway, so side good. note. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I like I've just been curious, just because the heel Austin thing has something he's even shot down recently, where he's like, "If I could have, I would have just stunned like sh- uh, shake McMahon's hand and then dropped him with a stunner, called an audible." Um, and that would have like that would have made sense. It, it's interesting to think how that would have played out if you got a proper uh, invasion story. Um, but that was not going to happen. Um, so then, <laughs> I don't know how how else 2020, uh, sorry, 2001 would have gone if you didn't have heel Steve Austin. Um, just because Hunter got injured right after, and then you've got. Is that the quad thing? Was that his quad? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was funny, but yeah. <laughs> funny. <laughs> the way it happened, like he was just, he wasn't even doing anything, and then his quads just exploded. No, that was Nash's, or actually Vince's. <laughs> <laughs> I think all three of them, actually. Well, uh, uh, Triple H was like uh, knocking. He was in a match, over. but yeah, he, he it wasn't Jericho really something over. that you would think he would blow yeah. his quads. Is what I mean. Yeah, I guess the leg was just stretched. Well, unlike Nash, like running, just coming back from a bicep injury, running across the ring, and then as he's getting to the opposing corner, his quad goes and then he just yeah. falls over. Or Vince uh, as he's running and he jumps into the ring and then he just collapses. He has to be tough while sitting down. And both of them. Both his quads. Yeah. <laughs> Bonkers. Um, no, it like it would have been interesting to see how that could have played out, but that's also like fantasy booking if uh, you know WWE bought out all the contracts, but there were like multi hundred million dollar deals. Oh. Um, which of course anybody would be like, hey, uh, WWE was apparently like offering lowball stuff. Like we'll yeah. pay half of that. Like. <laughs> The hell are you talking about? Of course I'm gonna not. Of course I'm gonna take this and I'll come yeah. later. Yeah, the, it was it was the best and worst of times for them because they they won, right? But they also had to deal with all these wrestlers. Like, what are we gonna do all of a sudden, right? Yeah, and then they. This could be a topic, honestly, and it might be fun for one uh, for one to do with you at some point, just because I feel like I'm not more of a WCW guy than WWF guy, but I'm more of a WCW guy than you were. Um, and I always felt like they didn't do, they, they half-assed, they really half-assed it. 
um, when they got it, when they got it, they tr- they were thinking of doing like a separate show. Um, and then they tried that one awful match on Raw, and then they were like, all right, that's it. These guys clearly can't work. It's <laughs> like, nah, son, Booker can work. Buff sometimes can work. Yeah. But also, you're not doing this in front of a WCW audience. This is an audience <laughs> where you rip them to shreds for years, and yeah. then you're like, hey, this is going to be your main event. Like, of course it's going to stink out the house. <laughs> well, this is the audience you've been telling for years to hate WCW, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that, it could be its own topic for its own time, but yeah. I, as a fan, I didn't want Steve to go heel, but also I think in a weird way, you needed him as a heel at that time, just for, cause he was the top name uh, yeah. for a while, but it, it, it got bungled. Uh, and you could tell how much people wanted to cheer him because when they were right before the original invasion pay-per-view, like he's at a bar, he snaps and comes back as the old stone cold and everybody loses their mind. Yeah. Like he walks in and just beats everybody down, drops stunners. The ovation is huge. (laughs) I mean, what has been 20 years later, that still happens, right? If he, if Austin shows up just out of the blue, everyone loses it. And he comes in, he drops stunners and everyone loves it. I think he gets the loudest, he's got some of, if not the loudest sustained pops I've ever heard. Like, there are others that challenge it, like Punk's original return return in AEW, that was a huge pop. But then I think Austin showing up after walking out at No Way Out when he Mm -hmm. fights Bischoff, that pop went, like, it lasted the whole 10 minutes. It never stopped. He's oh. such a draw. Like, it's crazy. Like, I watched this year's WrestleMania. I sat through almost three hours of things I didn't want to watch just because <laughs> Austin was at the end. <laughs> right? And he wrestled a match. And he and wrestled. He, and he did spots that you didn't think he would do. Oh, yeah. I guess he's been getting, like, healing or getting healthy over the past over many years. And it, honestly, if there was anybody else, like, I don't think anybody else but Kevin Owens could carry him to, but, and he didn't carry Steve, but, like, Kevin Owens is the perfect person to have in a match with Austin, and yeah. in numerous ways, Owens reminds me of Austin, he's got some of that chaotic energy, mm-hmm. that he should be a bigger deal than he is. Yeah. See, I don't know anything about Kevin Owens, other than he's French-Canadian, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, dude, he... he He's a guy I think you would I, I think you would actually really really enjoy, um, and if you want to see how he's how well he's connected to an audience, uh, there was an NXT War Games match where he showed back up in NXT, and it again huge reaction like a, an example of a great pop when wrestling connects it connects yeah. like Owen showing back up in NXT people lost their lost their crap. Um, Owens has that brawling energy, but he's also a great wrestler. Um, and he can be the guy who can be a heel. He can be a face. But if you were looking for someone to slide into that middle ground stone cold area, you couldn't go wrong with Kevin Owens. All right. All right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Him doing the stunner fits, but I also wish people would stop doing the stunner. The stunner's on my list of moves where I'm like, no, nobody else should do this. It's blacklisted. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Actually, quick question for you. Do you have a couple moves aside from the stunner where you're like, 
No, nobody should do this. Um, uh, I can't think of any right now. Pedigree? Fair. Um, Hogan standard, leg drop? <laughs> <laughs> a standard pedigree, I'd agree. There's, there's been a couple different variations where someone will do like a bigger lift and then yeah. sit out into almost like a sit out X factor kind of thing. Yeah. If it's shaken up, then yeah. If okay, it's just yeah, if your, there's some variation on it. Yeah. Or if it's a bigger person. Like, yeah. Is she doing if a pedigree? Yeah, like if, it, if it's wild, like this guy, you would never expect him to do such a move. Yeah. Then, okay, cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't really think of any. I can't even think of any finishers right now. <laughs> rock, <laughs> rock bottom, I would say, yeah, but it's cool when other people do it. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to rule that one out. Um, I mean, choke slam is pretty generic. Everyone can do that. So, no, I can't think of any other moves. But Stunner is like, yeah, don't touch it. <laughs> right? there, there's a couple I'll, I'll say. Stunner being one of them. Now, unless it's... The caveat would be, like, if it's not a, if it's not a regular finisher, but if it's in your, like, your rare, almost Japan, super finisher category, like... And it's rarely used out of nowhere kind of thing. Um, like there's, I saw one Japanese wrestler do it where it would be in the middle of a bunch of reversals and the guy would lift him up for a suplex, but then the guy would like grab his head and then pull down into the stunner yeah. from midair. And you're like, okay, yeah, that looks dope. Like yeah. that, but the standard kick to the gut, regular stone cold yeah. stunner. Nah. Um, and it's, rarefy it should be rarefied air uh the canadian destroyer the flipping pile driver oh, um yeah. it looks cool i know that it got overused in the past 10 years almost where it's like hey it's a transitional move like the ddt now but yeah. then also it's like nah it requires too much work from the other person <laughs> too. Yeah. and yeah. then also the the spanish fly i hate the spanish fly it's i can't stand that one um it's the one where either standing or most often from the top rope, it's where they hook them up for like a rock bottom, but then they yeah. do a moonsault into it. Oh, that sounds incredibly dangerous. It's it, <laughs> it can be it, when it, when it's done well, it looks great, but it's one of those ones where I'm like, if I'm watching Lucha, it makes yeah. sense. Cause Lucha is, a bit more exaggerated. It is more about some of the the crafty high spots and all that than Western wrestling. Uh, so it makes sense in context there. But it's one of those go-to spots now in Western wrestling where I'm just like, I'm sick of it. I I, I don't. If I can never see enough, it, it, if I don't see a Spanish fly for another ten years, it's still too soon. Yeah. Um. It's just one of those where I'm like, no, no one does. And I'd also probably say the Tombstone. Um, yeah. that one should be not even danger wise. It's just like, it's too synonymous with one guy. Um, yeah. I feel like for a tombstone, you need to have the right guy to do it. Like Undertaker, Kane, they can both do it. But like, there's, I mean, you'd have to find another good big guy to do it. Yeah. Or, or unless it's like, uh, Kazuchika Wakata. Um, from yeah. New Japan, he'll do a version of it, yeah. but it's it's again like as a counter, and he's got some other moves where it's it sets up similar before yeah. you get to it, where it's 
off of an Irish whip. You look like you're setting someone up for like a twisting slam. Yeah. But then he picks you up, twists you, spins around, and then suddenly you're dropped in a pile driver. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's dope. That well, yeah, that's different. different like, it's like the um, like uh, that's incredible by Just Incredible. If I'm remembering the move right, it's basically a sit down. Well, sit down tombstone doesn't make any sense, <laughs> but it's 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 like a tombstone, but I don't know. But yeah, it's 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 different enough. Right? Yeah. Or if someone did, uh, it's a move that I used to see in old wrestling games, and I think Jerry Lynn would bust it out every once in a while, yeah. almost as like a super, like his super finisher, which is yeah. something I wish more people would do. Um, it's a concept from Japan that I, like AEW kind of uses, but I'd love to see it happen more. Uh, and then also they stop using finishers as often as they do, yeah. because finishers are rarely finishers anymore. Different rant, sorry. Right. Um <laughs> but where Lynn would do his cradle pile driver, but then he'd yeah. do like a cradle tombstone where I'm like, that's yeah. cool. That's different enough. Yeah. Yeah. Was, that's funny that you bring that up. Cause I was just watching um, ECW on TNN the other night and uh, they made all this hype around, Oh, if, if Jerry Lynn hits that pile driver, it's over for Rob Van Dam. And uh, yeah, that was prominent <laughs> in the match. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So what would you say? Um, are you actually I'll quickly say before I get to that question, does it still hit you where if you're if you're walking out and about uh, and the theme comes on shuffle or something like yeah. you just pick up the walk? Oh, you got to walk. Team? You got to strut or whatever you want to call it. You got it. Oh. I don't know what it is like. It, the theme changes <laughs> Well, even if I hear glass break, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, no, suddenly I'm just like, I'm going from a standard walk to like, suddenly just. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the zone. Da, 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 da. You're not going to mess with me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if gonna... I ever need a confidence boost, I just step outside, put that on. Da, 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 and start walking down the street. I'm not Neighbors prone looking to... out the window thinking I'm nuts. I'm not prone to dropping fingers, but suddenly I'm like, <laughs> oh, you're going to get flipped off. <laughs> You give someone a Luthas press for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stomp a mud hole. Oh my yeah. gosh. Um, all right. So what would be some of your uh, favorite stone cold moments, sir? Um, you know, I, it's, I just loved it whenever Something was going terribly. Something was like the bad guy was winning. And then he heard the glass break and then Austin ran out and took care of things. Just like it wasn't a particular moment. It just happened whenever it happened, even if it was every Monday, I didn't care. It was still <laughs> awesome. Or like the invasion thing. There's a huge fight, a huge brawl of everyone fighting in the ring. And then you hear the glass break and Austin runs out and he takes care of everyone. Even there's people waiting to be beat up by him. <laughs> you see people standing in the corner like, okay, am I ready for my stunner yet? Like, Austin saves the day moments. Let's just call them. Those are, those are my favorite. Nice. Uh, I like, um, when he would show up in like total McMahon's car, like when he dropped the, the <laughs> cement in the in the in the Corvette, like things like that. Like I can't think of any matches that I really loved of his. Really, like it was Austin to me was always better as the character, not the wrestler. Yeah, 
that's the I, I think that's fair. And he still had great matches, but oh yeah, it became like I think that's the stuff, the fondness and all the memories are tied with his out of the ring exploits. Uh, some of my favorites would be what I'll call Austin the Everyman, where yeah. he just shows up randomly, yeah. <laughs> like beating up Booker T in a supermarket yeah. <laughs> or, or pretending to be a doctor. <laughs> oh, I'll take it from here, nurse. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, yeah, um, I think it was when he was kind of heel Austin. There was, maybe I'm totally imagining this or whatever, but there's like two people are talking, say it's like Vince and Kurt Angle, they're talking, just having a conversation. And then just from the side of the frame, just Austin walks in and stands there <laughs> and stares. Like little things <laughs> like that. Uh, the, I, it never doesn't make me laugh or smile thinking about that bedpan shot, though. Um, oh, it's, it's the, the the sound of it was just perfect. Yeah. No, well, well, and it like he actually hit him with the bedpan. Like, oh, yeah. That was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anything that you can think of where you're like, eh, not that one? Like things I didn't like. Yeah. Um, I think it was like his final match, like retirement match. Really? It just seemed to go on and he seemed tired by the end of it and it just didn't have any energy. Like, I think he took two stunners from the rock or something like that. I forget how it went, but uh, it just it dragged three on. Three rock bottoms. At three the rock end. bottoms. Okay, it was three rock bottoms. And it's just like if it were if if it were a quick turn and a rock bottom got him, uh, and that was it, okay, it's it's a surprise or it's very it's succinct, but it just seemed to drag on and on and on, and it was just it was tired. It's like um, uh, Ric Flair had some matches, uh, maybe even a retirement match from what a month or two ago, where he's just like, uh, he's tired, like it's not entertaining. He's just like it's. I don't, yeah, there's no energy to it. Um, and yeah. he had a lot, like, you know what happened the night before, right? With Austin? No, I don't. Oh, so he had, he ended up going to the hospital. Uh, his heart was beating, like, very erratically. Oh. Um, they were worried, like, he was having a heart attack. Uh, basically, had, like, worked out too hard and, like, drank way too many energy drinks. But he was in the hospital overnight. Uh they almost didn't let him go back. (laughs) So his health was shot that next day. And on JR's, uh, JR's podcast, um, he said originally that was going to be the main event of the show. It was going to be rock Austin three, but then they're like, we're not sure how this is going to go. So we, we're going to do angle angle Lesnar last. And then you had a different scare factor in that one instead. Um, and you had another guy wrestling with a broken neck that night. <laughs> Ugh, bonkers. Uh, if I, uh, I think some of the stuff, if there's anything I don't like with Austin, it's some of the stuff that's from the attitude era that hasn't aged necessarily well. And it comes from that heel period yeah. where it was going to be like, Hey, we're going to have you be despicable and just, 
like destroy Molly Holly and lead it with chairs. Yeah. Chair shots to the head is something I've gotten very iffy yeah. with. I'm very sensitive to it when I see it in old old clips. Yeah. Like, oh, that's not good. And he <laughs> it like he would bust out some good ones. Oh like, yeah. Like an Austin chair shot was a beauty to behold, but oh, yeah. just like, oh, Oh, his, man. his jumping chair shots I always loved. Like when he would roll into the ring and he would like jump across and hit someone. Yep. I mean, Shane did that too, that I think about it. But like, I don't know. They always, they seemed almost like a rattlesnake strike. Like, I don't know. There's something about them. Well, and it, it's, it's the energy again. I, I love whether it was high energy. You could also have, like with, with Steve, you could, a lot of his stuff and people were like, he wasn't stiff in the sense of he hurt people, but he, yeah. Because, like, with the injuries and he had to change his style, he became very snug. So yeah. people are like, nah, he's throwing potatoes, so, like, he'll expect you to throw potatoes back. Yeah. And you could see that with the chair shots as well. You're like, yeah. oh, yeah, no, you're – he laid in on that. Like, yeah. if people got the hand up, then the hand took it. But still, you're yeah. just like – Yeah, but, some of those chair shots. Like, there's there's a clip in the intro – I think it was the intro for ECW on TNN where you see Balls Mahoney just wrap a chair around a guy's head, like, and he holds a chair up afterwards, and it's just curved, yeah. right? And everyone's cheering, and they're like, usually it says, "Oh, look how great this is." <laughs> no, that's really bad. <laughs> that's really bad. I talked about it on our our Mike Awesome uh, episode, yeah. like our second one, where I right before recording it, I had watched the one night stand match with uh, yeah. Tanaka, Tanaka, and yeah. like. This is wince-inducing, and it's spectacular, but it's so many things could have gone wrong. Like, at one point, that dude could have been impaled, but then also just the... Tanaka would take steel steel chair shots unprotected. Like, he would not put the hand up to... Oh, no, he would just, like, have his hands at his waist. He would just take And then Awesome would do... Like, and Awesome would dish it off the top rope, where you're like, that's an awesome visual, but... Oh my gosh. Oh my. Yeah. So that's where some of the some of the stuff, especially when they were like trying to make him so despicable, um where violence with women has become an, a, a kind of an iffy thing, yeah. especially with some of the real life stuff that Austin had at the time. Yeah. Um <laughs> like yeah. he seems like he's in a much better place now and thankfully yeah. thankfully he got he attended his his rehab for yeah. Thankfully, he's not beating women anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was just like it's that stuff where I'm like, man, that that's it's easy to look at the attitude era with the rose tinted glasses to yeah. be like, oh yeah, the bear traps and DX being yeah. hunted and blowing up the DX Express. Yeah. But then it's also for every fun moment you got, like Bubba putting Trish or or May Young through a table. Because yeah. they can do that safely, and both were down for it. Yeah. It also what you've got your stuff that hasn't aged well, like the bra and panties, or the the t- steel chair shots to the head, yeah. or test hitting Stacy Keebler against the ring post with a steel chair, or like, like uh, Vince telling Trish to strip, like that. And bark like was, a dog. Like and yeah, like that's really like or, oh boy. <laughs> or some of the ECW stuff. Now with that, oh, yeah. you can. In a weird way with the ECW stuff, you can almost, I it's somehow less uncomfortable for me than the Attitude Era stuff, 
but because with ECW, you're like, this was getting an 18 rating. Like this was, this had always been what it was. Yeah. They were trying to push the boundaries. Like they were trying to make people uncomfortable. They were trying and they were not, not quite going, uh, but they had like one of their people earlier when like they had to reconstruct the ring, go out and do a strip tease, yeah. like an actual full on, like a stripper doing a strip tease where yeah. you're like, okay, that's this company. So this is going to be here. That context is there. And all right. I, I mean, yeah. they had Tommy dreamer be like, I'll keep both. Cause I'm hardcore where you're like, all right, you know what you're getting with that? Like it's, it's part and parcel with WWE. You'd have awesome stuff and silly stuff. And then there's stuff where you're like, Ooh, yeah. Especially when you see Vince in the scene, like, ah, uh, given what we know or what happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, plus, even ignoring um, recent, let's call them allegations, just the, 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 like the wine scene of it, like he's the boss, like yep. he's making people do this. And even if you hear the stories of like, even outside of sexual things, like telling male wrestlers, this is, you know, I'm the boss, you do this. Like, if it's a stupid thing or if it's a controversial thing, if Vince wanted it done, it was done, right? And, like, the wiggle room people would at least give with Vince at the time is most of the time there would be a comeuppance for him. Like, he was doing horrible things, but you're like, you know he's going to, like, be embarrassed. (laughs) He's going to get a stunner. He's going to get embarrassed, like... Ah, or have, <laughs> or have like DX drop poop on him or yeah. stuff like that. Like, so it would almost be like, ah, but all right, we know he's going to get, like, he's going to get it back tenfold. Yeah. So there would be a little bit more forgiveness. Um, now, but now it's just like, oh, oh man. Um, yeah. I don't know if. I think Stone Cold, there's, it's interesting because certain people have been like, oh, Stone Cold couldn't exist in today's environment. I don't think that's the case. It wouldn't be the exact Stone Cold that we got in the 90s, but it would be a fine-tuned version of that that I think Steve was going to make anything shine. And he made so many things shine that shouldn't. (laughs) He had throwing a belt off of a bridge into a river be something that everybody's like, oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> no, he can totally work today. Like the 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 core, the call them principles, st- still apply. Like hating your boss and that kind of thing, right? And or feeling, you know, just stunning being the random every referees and everybody actually loving it. Like getting getting a payback on someone who's wronged you or or that you don't <laughs> like. Like those are universal, timeless themes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um. All right, so for as we're winding down, uh, kind of a final uh, final area of questions. Who do you think took some of the best stunners? I think we can both agree that Vince and Linda took the worst stunners. Uh, Vince occasionally got better at it, but two of them better. in particular yeah. were really bad. The first yeah. stunner he took and the last stunner he took were awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The one, I guess that was this year's WrestleMania. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah. Oh, man. I was embarrassed watching it. But at least Austin had a laugh afterwards. 
And McAfee uh, takes a great stunner. Yeah. He went there to the some, Shane school of stunners. Yeah, there were some great ones and a terrible one uh, at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, Linda, always terrible. Um, Trump's Trump, one was bad. Trump's was so bad. Um, um, obviously, The Rock is like number one because he would go into another dimension. He <laughs> 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 would get a stunner. Um, I almost called him Razor Ramon. Scott Hall took a great one. He I was, was like actually compress and fly back. I was actually going to ask you about that one because that one I've noticed online has a mixed reception. Like oh, some people, like. some people thought it was like stupid that he had to take two to actually. They're like, oh, he had to take two to sell. But I'm like, I actually loved the setup for it. It made it made sense, and Austin had done that with some other people as well, where you'd get people selling the move differently. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And Hall's like big yeah. sell of it was great. Not as good as the rocks huge oversell, but his oversells are amazing. It, it was always funny. I guess when someone would take two stunners to go down, like they would take the first, they would stay on the feet, but they stagger around. I think rock did that. And then Austin would like size them up for a second. <laughs> <laughs> that was always fun. Uh, yeah. So Scott Hall was good. Um, I can't think of any. Shane obviously took a good one. Stephanie Shane might be like my second favorite, second favorite stunner. Just yeah. the way he'd fly to the side, but especially if he had if he had sipped a beer, the way he'd spew it. Yeah, spit it out. Blew. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Shane Shane taking a stunner is is a thing of beauty. Not as much as The Rock, but. Oh no. Like I said, the rock would go into another dimension. <laughs> he would go back in time. <laughs> he would roll back up the ramp. I'm pretty sure I saw the edit of that where someone did a thing where the rock rolled up the ramp, rolled back down in the ring, and he got into position to take the stutter. And someone let it take the, the rest of the thing where Austin did the Rock would take the stunner, roll back up thing. You hear his music hit. Austin would stand up in the ring like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like big guys that took it well. It was always big hard. Sh- big guys. Big Show would go down like one knee and take it. Right. Yeah, I was actually gonna say Show took a took a good stunner because how he do it. Sometimes he do the part where he bounce back up. Yeah. And then Austin would hit him with the second one, but he'd go down to one knee, but yeah. he'd also use his other hand to yeah. like, like just help with the impact. Cause yeah. then he could fall to the side in a believable yeah. way. Um, Kane's stunner, uh, Kane took the stunner decently, but the lankier the person, <laughs> the odder the move would be to take. Well, yeah, size difference. It makes it really, like it, it, it doesn't help with the believability. Like, you're telling me that this seven foot tall guy is gonna first of all get in the position to take a stunner? <laughs> like, no, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> like, you have to really sell it to me. You have to really like set it up really well. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, like some people or like when it would take a long time to stunner someone and you'd see them waiting for something, like they'd get the kick and then they'd be like, Ugh. <laughs> like no, no, it doesn't work either. Well, that, that goes with any finisher, really, or any move um, when somebody's, like, um, Road Dog, he would do a little dance, he would punch, and then he'd do a little dance, and then he'd go for the final punch. Like, yeah. why is the guy just standing there waiting? <laughs> <laughs> That's like, 
at some of the things you're like, all right, it's the that's where the silliness comes in on wrestling. Yeah. Where I think of so many moments where it's like, oh, that jump was insane. It's like, yeah, but you had just eight people waiting around to catch them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least. It, like WCW did it well when they did stuff and sometimes that money in the bank, they did it well. Or uh, when Undertaker would first do his dives over the ropes, it would be done yeah. well. They'd actually have a reason for people standing outside where it's like, hey, he just threw a guy onto other people. So they're all like staggering up and then the impacts right after it makes sense instead of like, hey, and it's not to just criticize Charlotte Flair, but like, hey, you're going to stand and wait like a good 10, 15 yeah. seconds for me to moonsault you. Yeah. Like, no, you got to be it's got to be quicker than that. Otherwise, it's just why why are you standing there to take this move? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember now uh, I was, when I was watching those raw episodes a few weeks ago, there was um, there was one. It was a casket match. Now, tell me if I'm remembering this right, where uh, Undertaker came out of, or was it Undertaker or Kane, came out of one casket, and then I think it was Austin came out of a (laughs) (laughs) sub-casket. I believe that. (laughs) It was so funny. Like, you have the regular thing, and then, like, whoever it was came out of the first one, and then Austin came out of a casket below (laughs) that casket. (laughs) Oh, so funny and so ridiculous, but I loved every second of it. Well, that's and that's the thing. Like Austin, no matter the scenario, you'd just be like, he'd be one step ahead. But you're just like, yeah. you're here for it, even if it's nuts. Like yeah. driving a Zamboni. What? But you're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, there are even times where Austin was the hero when I like generally you and Juan would be like when um, Stephanie was being sacrificed to the the ministry. And who's going to save the day? Austin, of all people, comes in and saves the day, right? Yeah. I remember one of my, not favorites, but it's one I enjoy, even though it's one where you're like, oh, okay, this is not, I'm not going to say running out of steam, but around like mid-99, when they had just, like right after the, infamous it's me austin <laughs> it's um, me austin <laughs> which i love that moment it, it comes i quote it so often <laughs> i know right and then instantly as jerry i'm like oh son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh son of, yeah oh what a great moment in history <laughs> uh, you're like man the the story could have gone so many better places but you know what i don't care <laughs> just the commitment mcmahon had that was so good you believe me my family believe you all bought it you all bought it (laughs) but like steve austin in the corporate environment like as part owner of wwf being like you're fired for looking stupid now get out (laughs) i'm just like yep i could i could believe that like hey we're gonna have monday afternoon beer party (laughs) well yeah like silly austin uh, getting back to that like i just thought of um like, he's not in the ring. He's not doing anything, like, Austin-y. He's just wandering around the backstage. He walks up to Hugh Morris, and he starts yeah. talking to him. Hugh Morris, that name, what? is it supposed to be humorous? That's <laughs> 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 so stupid. But oh. I mean, it, it does call out the stupidity of the name to begin with. <laughs> well, 
And there was, I, I do think, uh, an Austin misfire. Now, it's not, it's not Austin's fault, but it's one of those, like, how did, like, how did people think this would work? Because there was no plan follow through. But when he came out in the middle of Lance Storm's match and would just go on and on about how boring it was, yeah. because Lance Storm was getting a smattering of boring chants. Yeah. And it's a shame WWE didn't do better by Lance Storm because that dude was yeah. great in the ring. Now, not the most charismatic person. Not at all. But he was but a good wrestler. Like, he exactly. Could exactly. <laughs> but then I'm like, I get other storylines where it's been like, hey, we're going to put you in a ridiculous spot or we might bury you, but then it's going to it's going to lead to something. Yeah. But this I'm like, did you think this through at all? There, there's not even a way for Lance for the Austin magic to rub off on Lance Storm here because it's just all right, go out and dance now. And yeah, we'll cheer you for like a month and then that that's it. Yeah, that, that that's one of those ones where I'm like, ah, Steve shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's not on him. <laughs> he was doing what he was told. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That Lance Storm. Like, I recognize. He was a talented wrestler. And even if you listen to him on podcasts, he's, he tells some interesting stories. But he was boring. He was. He was boring. Because he didn't put on a show. He didn't put in the entertainment part of sports entertainment. I think, I'd say he did, he put on a show, but a different kind of yeah. show. And that's where, like, there's room for Alliance Storm on the roster. I think yeah. he could have thrived, it, similar to Mike Awesome. In a way, yeah. I think uh, outside of that, he's like one of the bright spots of the dying days of WCW in 2000. Like, if you want a good, like, on the Nitro or Thunder, you want a good match, just put Lance Storm out yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and he had, like, three championships at one point, And you're like, it makes sense somehow. Um, he w- His ceiling would have been, like, the intercontinental level, but yeah. they didn't let him get there either like he he was good in tags and stuff but like there's room for just the i'm a wrestler yeah like you don't have to be super charismatic but no you don't no you have yeah. your your mid-card guys that are good but they're not going to be your top draws my my biggest problem with landstorm was always like he his his i don't want to call it gimmick but his character was i'm canadian i'm better than you like we're, we're not like that we're not going to say that you should know this, Lance. Like, don't <laughs> don't be bringing the country down. Disappointing your your countrymen. I think if, in a way, because I said um, I said in the Mike Awesome episode, I think if the career had started later, he would have gotten to higher heights. Just yeah. because, also at the time, especially in WWE, everybody was so charismatic and character driven. Yeah. That when your thing was like, I'm a wrestler, you don't have that aura. Because even though that was Angle, Angle could do the comedy and Angle was like a machine where yeah. he could go from joking about drinking milk to then believably like snapping your leg. You're like, yeah, yeah. I, I'd buy Angle could do that. Yeah. I don't necessarily buy Lance Storm could do that. And now you could see it working where it's like, hey. Lance Storm going out, tearing the house down, just wrestling a good match with Seth Rollins, you'd be like, yeah, that could that could main event Raw, no problem. Mm-hmm. Or 
in the case of Mike Awesome, his size was a hindrance in WWE because everybody was like roughly the same size as him. Mm -hmm. And then he'd wrestle snug and people like, nah, I don't want to take those power bombs. Whereas now he would seem like the giant that he Mm -hmm. was in ECW and world champion. Maybe not, but in that upper, in that upper tier bracket, like the believable challenger. Hell yeah. yeah. Oh, Mike awesome. Could have been great. He, He was just never allowed to be great. Really? Yeah. Well, and yeah, I had said in originally in that episode, like, I think that was a victim of the timing at that yeah. time. Uh, the only pl- like his ceiling would have been like a mid card level yeah. in the big two, because like y- y- you were running into it even in WCW when, yeah, he's taller than Scott Steiner, but Scott Steiner's Scott freaking Steiner (laughs) he's he's gonna have the edge over over Mike Awesome like he didn't have the aura that he had in ECW or Japan um where it's like nah the size up made a lot more sense I think he would have thrived in modern day AEW or WWE Mm -hmm. but at the time his his ceiling was gonna be something smaller like ECW or or Japan Mm -hmm. Poor Mike Awesome. I know. I know. <laughs> Just a sad story. I know. Uh, all right, sir. So final thoughts as we come to a close on uh, our Stone Cold Appreciation episode <laughs> that went to various places. Um, yeah, we were all, kind of all over the place. But, okay, final thoughts. Yeah. Stone Cold. No man can ever make me as happy as Stone Cold. I mean... All these years later, if I'm watching uh, an old clip or if I'm watching something new like this year's WrestleMania, as soon as I hear that glass break, I just like become a fit of giggles and like I make these weird noises that are somewhere between laughter and happy crying. (laughs) (laughs) So like there's, I don't know if it's like a nostalgia kicking in or I don't know what it is, but it it makes me so happy, (laughs) so happy. I was actually, I was actually going to ask you, uh, and I think you just narrowed it down. Like, since this is the appreciation episode, what is it about Steve Austin that you appreciate the most? And it sounds like the joy. (laughs) Oh, it's pure joy. It's absolute joy. Like, I can't, there's no other word for it. Like, it's, it's, it's the purest form of joy. I'm just so, <laughs> so happy when I hear that glass break. It, it stirs up so much, so much good stuff inside. That's like, no the, matter what. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. One of the things that with the start of this show, it was like, hey, there's a left seriousness going on. Uh, and even though wrestling can get serious, most of the time it's light and silly. And that's always going to be something nice about it. The thing I appreciate the most about Stone Cold is that he brings he's the best parts of the silliness of wrestling. He he can be wrestling. He is wrestling at its most fun. Like he might uh, there might be times where I'm in the mood for something where I want like a more hard hitting athletic match or something like that, where I'm like, you know what, then, yeah, I'm going to watch something from Japan. But if I want something and that that'll make me happy or there's going to be like, I want a match that's going to tell an awesome story that's weaved together feuds for numerous years. So then it might be 
that AEW tag match with Paige and Omega against the Young Bucks. But if I want something that's actually going to improve, lift my spirits and improve yeah. my mood noticeably, yeah. even momentarily, yeah. I'm going to watch a Stone Cold moment. Like, yeah. <laughs> he brings back that ch- – he is that childlike glee. Oh, yeah. Like, if I ever need a pick-me-up, like a quick – quick fix for a pick-me-up i'm gonna watch a stunner compilation video or rick flair falling down taking a stutter like... <laughs> i can't think did he ever take a stutter yeah okay. uh, there was that brief time uh in the troubled 2002 oh where, yeah like, after uh after wrestlemania austin had walked out he had come back yeah. and that's when they first did the brand split and then he feuded with the NWO slash Ric Flair, uh, where Ric Flair was pseudo in the NWO. Yeah. And then, yeah, I stunned him. Uh, it wasn't as fun as the interactions you get with, like, The Rock and Ric Flair, like yeah. you got at WrestleMania 20. Uh, those interactions were awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because The Rock is the kind of guy who would be like, I'm going to do the Flair walk before dropping the people's oh. elbow. <laughs> Flair's another guy. Like I was never a, a, a huge fan until like I looked back after so many years and said, I love the woos. I love the chops. I love the flops. I love everything about Ric Flair. I, I trust you've seen it, uh, but the you've seen the the J Lethal Ric Flair TNA <laughs> the promo, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gonna ask me uh, about the uh, the thirty for thirty on Disney Plus on Ric Flair. And no, it's, I haven't it's seen great. that. Like it's 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 fun and it's it's like an A&E biography, but told in Ric Flair's words mostly, and it's really good. Nice. Thirty for thirty. It's a good series, but they, yeah, they did one on Ric Flair. They did one on Bruce Lee. They did one on Michael Jordan, I think. Ooh. Uh, the Barry Bonds, um, Mark McGuire home run uh, competition. Not a competition, but when they were going for the record back in whatever year it was, 98 or something. Uh, anyway, yeah, Ric Flair. <laughs> it's a good, it was a good episode. It's a good episode. Nice. I would have, uh, just because we briefly talked Flair, uh, and it, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, like I mentioned Jay Lethal, who was crazy, yeah. ta- who was crazy talented um, and also great at imp- impersonations. Yeah. I would have loved, to, there's a couple people I wish could have interacted with stone cold at the height of steve austin or even during the uh the like his 2003 to 2004 era where he wasn't wrestling but he was like the commissioner or the sheriff or just there (laughs) he was just there playing guitar (laughs) but we were we were there for it um i would have loved to see jay lethal interact with austin i think that could have been a lot of fun uh like jay lethal doing an austin character could have been a lot of fun yeah but Another guy who I love, absolutely love, just because of how good he is in similar ways to Steve, the silliness outside of the ring is Ron, Ron the Truth Killings, our truth Our truth yeah. is a friggin' treasure. K-Quick? Um, <laughs> the former K-Quick. Get K-Quick. Yeah. Um, like, he is, like, he is hilarious, and I would have loved to see him interact with him interact with Steve. I think there could have been a lot of fun there. Um, 
I'm still the greatest Reddit pitch I ever saw because it would be our truth coming out, challenging random people to matches that don't exist anymore. (laughs) Like challenge. He challenged Brock Lesnar and apparently like he, you can watch the segment where he almost makes Brock break numerous times. (laughs) Yeah. And someone afterwards was like, Brock was like, I want to like, I want to do a run with him where I'd be like, that'd be awesome. A Brock Lesnar, like our truth tag team. Tell me that wouldn't be amazing. Or you want to do Brock Lesnar as the 24 seven champion. And then it's people like trying to break, break onto his property, stepping in bear (laughs) trap. Hunter (laughs) Lesnar. It'd be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Or a proper Brock Austin match could have been, could have been interesting if we ever could have gotten that. I think Brock would have broken Austin, like, in real life. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it, I'm also like, it depends, it would have had to be, like, Brock's early run, because, yeah. like, post-UFC, like, destroyer Lesnar. Yeah. Like, ni- he, doesn't, he doesn't do nearly as many moves, and 99% of them are German suplexes. Yeah. Austin can't take those. Yeah. Um, and like Austin said, I had it wasn't about not wanting to work with Brock, but it was like you're gonna have me lose in a qualifier match unadvertised on a Raw. We're not even gonna build a number out of this. Yeah, like that always made sense to me. Yeah. Like people were would be angry at Stone Cold about that. They're like, well, it's selfish. He walked out. I'm like, he also sure you could say I'm an, an apologist. He had a, clearly he had other stuff going on at the time that he needed to leave. Yeah. But that also when he's like, that doesn't make any business sense. I'm like, yeah. he's 1000% correct there. Oh yeah. Sure. Like WWE would chastise WCW for like, Oh, they just did Goldberg Hogan on raw just to pop a number. Like if they had done it on pay-per-view, they could have made a huge number out of it. Like, Right, you did that frequently, and after the fact, after you criticized WCW for it, like, oh yeah, no, we're just going to do Brock Brock Austin on a Raw. It's different yeah. than Brock Hogan on a SmackDown. At least that they marketed for like a week before they did it. They didn't yeah. even build up a rating for it. Yeah, that's uh, that brings to mind a similar thing uh, back in the '80s. I guess it was. Yeah, had to be, had to have been the '80s with. Um, Andre Andre versus Hogan. Um, it worked at the time because everything was still separated and territories yeah. and everything. But they built up to WrestleMania. Was that the first one or the third one? I think third. it was both. <laughs> third one. Um, where, okay, it's finally, um, uh, I, I keep wanting to say Austin, but Hogan versus Andre. Uh, it's the first time they've ever met, and people were like, "No, we've seen this before many times. <laughs> we've seen this many times." But like, yeah, it was. I mean, it was like I said, it was a different time. Like, they didn't have WrestleMania as their you know, triumphant. This is where the big, the biggest of the big matches happen. But um, still, it if they had just honestly kept it as they've never fought each other before, then it would have been bigger. I think. And here, uh, I know we've gone long, so I'll actually toss on for the final, final question. Okay. Um, do you have any opponents you wished you could have seen Stone Cold face? Um, Mr. Perfect would have been cool. I don't know why. 
I just, for some reason, I see them in a ring together. Uh, maybe they did face each other at some I point. I think they did. Well, because they interacted in the, because Perfect came back in the 2002 Royal Rumble. Oh, uh, that was just before he died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I like I said earlier, I'd. I never. It was never really about Austin in the in the in the ring for me. It was always what he was doing outside of it that made me happy. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so, I don't care who he faces as long as it he drops a stunner at the end and it's awesome. <laughs> That's fair. I've got uh, the three I can think of, and we we saw very like never actual matches. I would have yeah. liked to see the programs because of the Austin centric stuff that could have happened around it. Um, that I think would have made for very entertaining TV. Um, and he stunned all three of these guys, but I would have except actually, no, he hasn't stunned Hogan, but I would, have, I, I would have loved to see the Austin Hogan match. Um, yeah. like I think, no, it would it not would have be been five, interesting, but <laughs> it, it, it would not have been a five star. It wouldn't no. have been, I, I don't even think it would have been good, as good as rock Hogan. No, but still the uh, like the visual of Hogan going for the leg drop, Austin getting up, flipping him off and dropping him with the stunner. That'd be dope. Like, oh, yeah. Th- that's the way that match ends. And everybody would have lost their mind at it. Um, yeah. Like just that that level of the two biggest in the industry. Yeah, um, I think that would have been could have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Hogan. Sorry. Uh, Austin. Cena. I think could have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, at, I remember at, um, there was a, um, it's the one where they went to the Middle East to pl- yeah. wrestle for the troops and Austin dropped Cena with a stunner. I'm like, that's what I've wanted to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even though Cena, like, especially Cena where he's at now, like I, I never went through the phase that so many people did of hating Cena. Yeah. Like, yes, he was shoved down the throats, but then a couple of years ago, it's like, He's at the pot spot where he's just putting out banger, like he is putting out banger matches and doing a lot for other people, even when he's winning. Um, but he's at the point now where losses don't matter. But yeah. it would have been, I think they could have had an awesome program because both of those guys can do the brawling stuff and have fun outside of the ring. Um, but then also, of course, because of if Invasion had ever been done right, it would have been interesting to see Austin Goldberg. Yeah. Again, not a good match. Uh, but Goldberg would have physically broken <laughs> Austin. <laughs> well, Just like he did with Bret Hart. He would have killed him, probably. Well, that's the, I think that's the one where it would, if there was ever going to be a Goldberg match that would have made sense going the length, uh, like longer than five minutes, like 10 minutes, I yeah. think it would have been the guy with Austin. Because also Austin yeah. would just be like, we're going to have to do this no DQ. I'm going to yeah. have to be hitting you with shit. I have, I have a very different view on Goldberg now. Like when he, when he first broke out, I thought he was so cool because he was undefeated and you yeah. would do the whole thing where they would knock on his door. It was a thing, right? Yeah. Um, but like, I've heard stories from Bret Hart and I, Bret Hart is a very, like I trust the man. He seems like a very trustworthy, honest man. And I hear <laughs> what Goldberg did, like, I believe you, Bret Hart. I, I don't. <laughs> Bret is, I'll be honest, like Bret Hart is one of those where I, it's not that I don't believe him, but he's also someone who I'm like, I feel like you need to be angry 
he needs to have bitterness. He, it, like, it's what keeps him going. Yeah. <laughs> like, at some point, I think he's not necessarily has to let things go. Yeah. But Goldberg has apologized numerous I, times. I, I think Brett has has come to uh, found peace with pretty much everything. Like, if you watch modern interviews, current interviews with him, he seems like he's at peace. He still has some things that bother him, but he's he's okay. He seems like he's what's the word I'm looking for? He he's he's like a man who's just like built a cabin in the woods. And he's just living a peaceful life now. I, I, I've seen some interviews with him, though, where it was like out of nowhere. <laughs> it would yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, no, this looked this looked great. This was a great match. And this guy's safe. Unlike Bill Goldberg, who by yeah. where it's just like, yeah. it's become yeah. the joke oh, on the Internet where it's like there are certain things in life you'll hate doing your taxes. And Bret Hart will marry Bill Bret Goldberg. Hart will marry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man almost kicked his head off. <laughs> well, you gotta have other, some level of bitterness for that. Well, I, I, that I can understand. There's also part where he's like, everybody else will universally praise Dean Malenko. Yeah. Uh, and Bret Hart will be like, I don't know about him. He did a thing yeah. once where I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> when. <laughs> It's almost like I'm, I'm with you up till a certain point yeah. when you start questioning <laughs> the proficiency or the ability of Dean Malenko. That's where I'm like, I question you, Bret Hart. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, to, to finally close down, just to reiterate, uh, Stone Cold is I think he is that he's not only the biggest thing from wrestling ever. Um, and there's many other things to enjoy about it as we've gone over in other episodes of this podcast. And as you and I will go over in future episodes, cause you and I, uh, I'm looking forward, especially doing to an ECW episode, um, episode with you, Mike, cause you're, you're somebody else who like my go-to guy to talk about ECW with. Um, and I know your fondness of it and we can look at, ECW proper and what could have been. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> don't bring up those negative feelings. <laughs> what could have been with the the re the rework? Um, <sighs> although, uh, as much as I hate on the WWE ECW, the thing it brought back for the the, the fun thing it brought for me was do rag McMahon. That was just hilarious. <laughs> If there's if there's one bright spot, is <laughs> do rag McMahon. Do rag McMahon. <laughs> like, that, that brief period when Vince thought he was black. Oh man, <laughs> what, a, what a time. What a, oh, oh man. Like yeah, no. It, it that would be that is uh what could have been. Um. Mike, I look forward to doing more episodes with you again. I, now, I've said it in every episode, but I'd be remiss if I didn't while I actually had you here. Thank you so much for brainstorming everything with me during the initial stages of this. Um, your 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 help was invaluable, and I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. It's my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mike, uh, before we go, is there anywhere people can uh, people can check uh, check you out, Stereo Mike? <laughs> you can check out 
all of my goods at stereomike.ca. It'll lead you right to my eBay page. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's some of the stuff you do there? Uh, I sell uh, mostly uh, used electronics, hi-fi stuff. So uh, stereo receivers and, uh, well, not so much turntables anymore, but uh, the occasional turntable, uh, new and used records, rare stuff, mobile fidelity, which, uh, I mean, you can say what you will about them now if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, some rare releases, the limited editions, things like that. I'll get in stock, so all kinds of stuff for anyone who likes to listen to things. <laughs> and you and you've also done some like up converting. Like if you've gotten something and you found it wasn't working as well, you'll make sure oh, it's yeah. repaired. I, I make sure everything's working. And if it's not working, I'll tell you it's not working. Um but yeah, I, I make sure things are uh working uh, uh as well or better than they originally were, or if they uh if they need lights, I put in nice new LED lights so they last forever. Some people are object uh, object to LED lights, but that's uh something we can work out. Uh, yeah, I I, I, uh, I make sure that everything I sell is good for another 50 years or 30 years or a long time. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, listener, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Power Bombs and Pile Drivers. Uh, Mike, I look forward to, to having you back uh, yeah. and we'll figure out some some way as we're going forward with some of the episodes, just because there's some episodes where I'm like, hey, I'd love to have you on, but also some of the topics where it's like, say, Japanese wrestling or uh, an NWO retrospective. You're like, I've mentioned it to you and you're like, I don't know much about uh, as much about the NWO just because I wasn't really into WCW. So it's trying to figure out ways where I'm like, I want you there, but also where you're actually going to be there. I, I have a bit to contribute to the NWO, more from a cultural impact perspective. Yeah, which, uh, listener, uh, the NWO episode is coming, and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do it, because there is a hell of a lot to talk about with that. Oh, there's uh, so much. There's the Wolfpack, there's the LWO, there's the Blue which, WO. <laughs> uh, which, which uh, if you guys can't see it, uh, I actually did, Mike, you can see it now. I've got... Uh, oh, yeah. It's I got, blurry, but I know what it is, yeah. I've got a Power Bombs and Pile Drivers hat, yeah. uh, but it's in the style of the NWO. Now, in the hat one, I went with, uh, weirdly enough, I went with what you could argue was the worst version of the group, the silver, but I, I, I don't care. The logo is dope. Like, no matter what, the NWO's logo yeah. is dope. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I've got the ver I've got the classic sticker. I've got the wolf pack. I've got yeah. the elite. Stuck to my laptop is the LWO style. LWO. Like, oh, and that group had such an impact that it might be a two episode where we, where it's like, hey, we dive into some of it, like, from the the wrestling side, but then we bring in, or just a long episode where we dive into some of the, the behind the scenes stuff. Cause also yeah. I do want to shoot down the popular narrative quickly because it's something that gained traction with WWE where it became commonplace for everybody to be like, Oh, they just ripped off Japan. Like the best idea WCW had just ripped off Japan and Bischoff and others involved in the group have shot that down for years where they were like, okay, yeah, there was an invading group. Like, but that's something that existed before Japan. And the original idea was 
No, it's people that had been mistreated by this company, became stars elsewhere and came back. And they're like, you know what? Screw you. Like, you treated me like crap last time. You made me friggin' Oz. Yeah. <laughs> like, and no, I'm a star and now I'm going to I'm gonna take you out kind of thing. Yeah. Where it's that kind of thing where if you go with the NWO charitably and you look into the behind the scenes stuff, it makes some of the questionable things make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and their impact in the wrestling industry, you could argue, is still being felt today. So. I look forward to oh. doing that episode with you, man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, okay, I'll say that for the episode. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, you can still totally feel it. Like, example, there's a guy at work that wears an NWO shirt to work for some yeah. reason. Why would you wear that to work? Anyway. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day rocking a Wolfpack t-shirt, and I was like, yeah. awesome! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You still see them in the wild, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's, yeah, it's it's fun. <laughs> It is. It is. All right. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks. We're trying to figure out the schedule with the podcast. It's generally going to be bi-weekly. It might be tri-weekly, but probably probably bi-weekly. I don't even think tri-weekly is a thing. Um, periodically. <laughs> Let's just say periodically. <laughs> periodically. It's the goal of bi-weekly. But I've been sick for the past, like, two weeks. Um, <clears throat> and you were sick last week, Mike. Yeah. And this is the most I've talked in two weeks uninterrupted. <laughs> so it's starting to kill me. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Well, all that being said, hope you enjoy. Take care and uh, watch some Steve Austin clips. Oh, Just, yeah. They'll bring they'll bring a smile to your face. And that's the bottom line, because whatever the show is called, seriously, though, listener, look up Austin hunting DX. It is hilarious. (laughs) He drops the ceiling on Xbox head. Oh, spoilers. (laughs) Oh, it doesn't matter. It it will still be hilarious. <laughs> and it's just like the styrofoam ceiling, and Xbox sells it like it's concrete. I love it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's all amazing. Uh, uh, all right. Take care, everybody. Peace.